recap from the last time we talked and kind of go over some new things that's going on. So I guess to start off, uh, last time we spoke, uh, Andrew was planning on doing some goose hunting. Chris was going to go pheasant hunting and I was going to hit the elk trails. Uh, I was unsuccessful with that to start off with. Put the elk. I put a lot of miles on though, for yeah. sure. How many miles? Did you, I know. Today? Yeah. And yesterday, between the last two days, 30 miles. 30 miles. And then last weekend was probably 20. So, mm-hmm. probably close to 50 miles in the last two weekends. Enough to wear in a pair of boots? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually was pretty impressed with these the boots I've had. I've had them for a long time. And they were getting to the point where they were getting wet. And I went and bought some of just like a, a water resistant or uh, that spray that you can put on. That, you know, that's stuff you can spray yeah. on your shoes. It's an mm-hmm. aerosol can or something. I did that and they stayed dry. I was pretty impressed with it. There Old Walmart special. Mm-hmm. I use something called Nick Wax. Comes in a uh, cream. Comes out of a bottle. You just rub it on the leather. Mm-hmm. It works. Couple, it works great for a couple days. Mm-hmm. I, I went with this stuff because I was worried. Like I usually use just like a boot grease, but it's super smelly, mm-hmm. and I didn't really want that going out the next day. So I was gonna like I was gonna grease my shoes up the night before I was gonna head out. Um, so this stuff actually smelled kind of citrusy. And then the, you know, it was the cleaner and then the, the water sealant, it didn't smell at all. So, and I walked through some mud and stuff just mm-hmm. to make sure it, I didn't stink out in the woods. Um, and then you also repaired your boots. Mm-hmm. Did you do some goo stuff? The shoe goo. The leather was coming off from the, the sole or the, the rubber of the shoe. Yeah. It pretty much filleted the gap, and it. We went out today. My shoes were dry. So nice. My feet were dry. Keep them going for a little longer. Yep. Might put another coat on it, but. Yeah. So uh, I was out elk hunting, and it wasn't like that uneventful. I mean, I saw animals. Um. And like my first hike out, my first hunt in the morning on it last Saturday, I, I started the hike off, and within like a quarter mile, I heard a a really big animal crashing through the woods towards me. And I'm going, oh, I wonder, like, there's no way these are elk. And it sounded really large. I know there's moose in the area. So I figured it was a moose coming down at me. And it just kind of kept getting closer and closer. And I don't know if it heard me and it was heading towards the noise or what was going on. But it was getting, it was coming, like, right down at me. So I, like, stepped off the trail. And this was in the dark. I'm walking in the dark. And I didn't have my light on or anything. And so I kind of stepped off the, the trail into the bushes. And then let this thing pass. And it went across the road and down um into the you know the, the forest and I, could, I never did see it but it was like coming right at me so that it was kind of big huh it was it was definitely moose like 100 percent of moose it was like crashing through so at four in the morning when you're not really awake and trying to hike up a mountain and you got this big old animal coming at you it was kind yeah. of a, i was definitely awake after that got your adrenaline going mm-hmm. oh yeah bit. and then that same hike about a mile <laughs> more into the hike i was walking and, and i didn't have my light on because it was a full moon and you could just see everything I should have known that the day was going to be a little slow when I ran into a couple animals right off the bat. And I, so I was walking and right to my left, I 
my foot goes past this little ball of fur, and it was a porcupine. And I was like, it "Was alive?" I could have, I could have punted that thing. It was, I walked right past it, didn't even move, and it like it scared, it kind of scared me. And I put my headlamp on and I shined it, and I I tried to get a picture of it, and it, then it kind of waddled off. But yeah, it didn't even know it was there. It was like feeding on the grass alongside the road or something. <laughs> Those things are like my nightmare with the dogs. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Some day Penny's gonna go. Oh, what's this? My new friend. Whack. Yep. Not friends. My friend's <laughs> dog did that, and it was. Pulling little needles out forever. Oh, man. They're not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I kind of spent the rest of the day hiking up there. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, so I, I, I camped at the trailhead. And when I pulled in, there was no one there. And I kind of got there a little late. It was like 8 or 9 o'clock. So I was getting up early, so I was like kind of rushing to get my tent set up. So I got parked, my tent set up, and I, and I kind of just like smelt something. And I'm like... Like, that kind of smells like a, like a carcass. And someone the week before had shot a deer because that was deer season and had thrown the carcass off the road right next to my, where I was camping. And I'm going, great. Like there's the, the remnants of a gut pile behind my tent that I found that I had stepped in. It was just like what was left of it. (laughs) And then, and then the, 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 the fur, the, the, the hide and the, all the bones, the skeleton and stuff was kind of just tucked off the main road. And I'm going, why, why am I camped right here? Like next to this d- stinking I'm like, piece of meat. And, and, and then I'm like, the, the smell was not that bad once I was like in the tent. But then I was like, predators like that smell. Yeah. <laughs> so there's either like two animals out or three animals out here that could be eaten on this thing. It's going to be coyotes, bears, or cougars. And yeah. I'm like, the coyotes, I'm not worried about. The bear, I'm not, like, too worried about if it's already getting a meal. But a cougar, I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Change his mind and eat you. Yeah, and then I got to get up really early and walk out of here. <laughs> I'm like, so I kind of had that in the back of my mind when I was sleeping. Did you get a cougar tag just in case? No. <laughs> no. Well, did you see anything the rest of the time? I walked up on some elk that first morning, but it was dark, and I never did lay eyes on them, but they were crashing through, like, kind of walking off and breaking branches, and you could just mm-hmm. tell it was an elk herd. Now, like, you s- said you saw some hunters in there. Yeah, I walked in. I, I, st- I stayed um, at one spot where I, when I walked in uh, about two and a half miles up from the trailhead, because there was uh, that's where they ran into the elk, the group of elk, but it was still like an hour before shooting line. So I'm like, do I just, I was kind of pinned down. I think they knew I was there. And when I was sitting there listening to him kind of move through the the timber, um, another hunter walked in, walked in behind me. So I walked in with him and uh, we kind of just went past, we, could, we went past where I thought the elk were, like, we didn't hear anything, so they had moved off. Um, and then there was a clearing that we both, we communicated, we were both actually going to hunt that. So he took the lower section and I took the higher section. And when I went to glass over the top of this clearing uh, there was one like overlook that i wanted to get to and i thought that would be like the ticket to be able to see the most land and be able to mm-hmm. stay in the same in the same spot without having to move and i get just to where i'm going to sit and i um blew up six uh, white tail does and they just went running off doing their snort and stuff and mm-hmm. kind of blew my cover <laughs> yeah so that was uh... now did you find this place 
uh, scouting in your truck, or did you find it on Onyx? Or well, I actually got a tip from Chris. He'd been there last year, mm-hmm. and you you had hunted that with your dad on the opposite yeah on the other side access of place. Mm-hmm. And you had, but you had walked that before, hadn't you? Yeah, we we walked like fifteen miles all over that area. No, but I mean, where I camped, did you ever go? No, there? I never actually walked that area. No. Uh, we never. Yeah, I've never been in that side. Yeah, and so yeah, then I just marked it on Onyx, and, yeah. and it just started kind of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, saw a lot of grouse. Like I saw more grouse up there than I've probably seen in one place. We have to go grouse hunting uh, and turkeys. Grouse in there. Saw turkeys. Turkeys, huh? And there was a lot of elk, there was a lot of elk sign some elk sign on the ridge, but it just wasn't enough to. So I I changed it up. I went there this weekend on just the Saturday, but then I Saturday evening hunt. I changed it up and came back closer to here, and then we hunted that this morning mm-hmm. as well. Didn't see a damn thing. But yeah, this weekend I put a lot of miles on, and <laughs> my the the hike I put the most miles on. We had been using onyx to kind of scout this bowl that we thought that the, mm-hmm. the elk might have been in that chris had walked to the year before mm-hmm. and i thought i could find kind of a trail that would beeline to the top like, okay if i take this road hit the switchback and then from the switchback go up the ridge to the next road and that'll be really close to the top of this this peak that i'm trying to get to and then i could see over this bowl well that ends up being a bad idea I ended up fighting my way through some <laughs> thick brush yeah. to get to the top of this thing. And by the time I get to the top, I'm just like beat. I've been whipped by these willow branches and stuff and like trying to get to the top of this thing. And I, I finally make it to the top and I get to this road that looks pretty heavily used. And I start walking to get to the top on this main road. And two hunters start walking down. And I'm like, how did you get up here so fast <laughs> you son of a gun. i'm like i just busted my ass i got up oh i started walking two hours before daylight to get up here in time to be up here for daylight and i i missed it by like maybe i don't know 15 minutes or something and they're like walking down they're like oh yeah we just parked over here I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> so that was kind of a setback a little bit but at least now i know where we can park yeah Park <laughs> to get in. into their center well, and, and that was one thing frustrating about the the modern firearm that i'm not really used to is that it's just so much pressure There's so many people people mm-hmm. yes sir that's yeah we talked about that in the past when opening duck day we went out and we thought we were going to be the only people in there at 3 30 in the morning and we hear the gate open yeah oh, we, yeah, we were bummed yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's what you get for hunting public lands. And that's basically, yeah. I mean, you've hunted some private lands, but... Yeah, I, I had a little bit of private land, but anything I've really got this year has all been public land. Yep, all yeah, all public. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. difficult. But, it you know, if I had more opportunity to hunt public land, I, I would for sure. But, you know, it, nobody wants to give up their spots. Yeah. Which they, yeah. they shouldn't, but... Well, you know. was it... We we met up and pheasant hunted, uh, but yeah. I don't know if we had talked about this. And we saw a piece of property that had like three roosters walking in the back corner behind, yep. you know, kind of behind the main house, a little ways back there. Just driving around. Just driving yeah. around. And so we pulled in there and we figured it, it's mm-hmm. a it's a field that always has ducks and geese in yep. it when it's flooded. 
and we're figuring this these people are gonna let us hunt on here. Um, so we pulled in there, talked to the lady, and she goes, "No, we already have people hunting." And mm-hmm. she said, "We just are now getting the pheasants back." And and she was probably in her late eighties. Yeah, she was, she was getting old. Her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then we said, "Yeah, well, we were just you know passing by, saw you had some pheasants right out back. No problem." We'll, We'll take off. And she goes, where would you say that we're at? And we're, well, they're just back in your corner here. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes, ah, the temptation is just too much. Why don't you go shoot just them? go out there. <laughs> and so I thought that was kind of cool that she, yeah. like, she saw that we were, like, oh, we just wanted to go blast some birds and then get yeah. out of there. We weren't going to be, like, lifetime mm-hmm. members of her hunting club. And, um, but it was it was cool to get permission, for one. Mm-hmm. And then. Just cold calling. <laughs> Yep. Just walked in up and knocked on the door. And and then we were getting ready by her barn. Yep. And the two other uh, upland hunters pulled in thinking we were the guys to yeah. ask for access. And they were talking to us on so the private property. <laughs> we, that place is actually a really good permission to get on. Like it's probably one of the better locations down there. Yeah, and it would be. Being the guy that never has the access, and you're kind of licking your chops, like going, "Oh man, like look at the access they got." We were yeah. finally the guys yep. that got the access, yep. and then we That's messed funny. it up and didn't get a damn bird. No, we didn't get one bird. There was a lot in there. We probably jumped thirty or forty pheasants. And they just went up and over the top. Yeah. They're buying some trees. Hearing you guys talk about that, calling you on the phone, and you go, "Oh, pheasants were everywhere." I said, "How many did you get?" None. <laughs> of course. <laughs> they were, but we saw so many. We saw a whole hillside full of pheasants. <laughs> I, well, I, I've been putting my earplugs in. And I need to just get some of them headphones that cancel out the mm-hmm. uh, muzzle blast. Because you can't hear anything. And I'm walking up to this irrigation ditch. And so the, the ditch is man-made. Mm-hmm. And it's um, got a bank. So you got to kind of go over the electric fence, not get shocked, and then go mm-hmm. up this ditch. And so I'm like working on getting out over the fence and I'm looking down and Chris is like, you're watching these birds yeah. starting to flush going. and they're just hopping away from me. I'm just like, and I, walking, I, get up, I, know and I look up and I see two birds flying away and I'm like, huh? And Chris, he goes to shoot and you only shot one time. Well, I shot, I shot, but I like stepped in a hole and like, yeah, so Chris almost <laughs> fell over as he's shooting and I didn't even get a shot. And it's like, oh, that was awesome. But there's a lot of, a lot of birds in there. Yeah, get your heart rate up. Just yeah, have to chase them off her property, and then we yeah. had to had to go. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> still a good story. Yeah. yeah. And you got access? Do you think if you went back there at some mm-hmm. point, maybe next year? Maybe next year. Uh, I think I what know. I'm gonna do is is because I did really appreciate mm-hmm. the access. Writer, thank you. I'm gonna write yeah. her thank you, and then maybe just take something and and, and really not like ask for anything, and just. Yeah, just kind of idea. Just show your thing. It's just it's I you know it's nice to appreciate something like that because oh, you yes. don't get it all the time. And she could have just said no, you know. Mm-hmm. She had she actually thought we were her grandkid. Yeah, she thought I was so her, she her grandson. Grandsons and stuff to go out there and they yeah. try to hunt it. So I get that. That's kind of it for me since last time we met. We haven't talked about your goose hunt yet. Well, yeah, went goose hunting after my brother's, uh, he had a, he just retired from the military. So I didn't hunt on Saturday. I was kind of catering that party and Sunday we were all tired, but I still wanted to go hunting. I went with a, uh, uh, one of his old friends, but not him. He didn't want to go. He, he was too tired. So we went out there and my dad's 
sit little on brown bottle fluid. Yeah, a little brown <laughs> bottle fluid. Yeah, a little too much. Well, yeah. He was tired. He was yeah. tired, exactly. And so my dad has this great kayak. It's a um, it's a Hobie sit-on-top kayak with uh, pedals to, 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 pedal drive. to pedal drive. Yeah. And it is awesome. It's fast. It doesn't draw on the water. It's really cool. And I've been like licking my chops to go out on it for hunting. And so like, I was like, okay, down, bring it down. And he goes, okay, fine. So we get out there and we kind of wait till the the geese that were there left uh, to go the feed out and do whatever they were doing. And we got there, set the blinds up, mudded them up. They were really, I was like covered up. I threw the decoys out. Not too many. I threw out six, I threw out like four or five in the water. And I had a couple on the, on the land just kind of... Mm-hmm. Just close to us, but not, you know, just, just a regular setup, but a light one. And I am looking for my camo netting to cover up the boat. And I have one sheet, and I'm just kicking myself because this boat is light gray. And we stuck out just like a sore thumb. But, you know, I figured, okay, well, we're going to make the best of it anyways. So we're sitting there, and we're, there's, there's no ducks flying around, and there's no geese. There's, and we're just kind of sitting there bored. Telling lies, just hanging out with each other, and then we start hearing hearing the geese. So I threw out just one goose call, just kind of a loud one, get let them know where we're at, and a couple of them came in, and then like tons of geese, a hundred to two hundred. I you know I, you can mm-hmm. never really tell, but they they're coming in, and they're coming right to where we are, and I'm like, whoo, yeah, I finally got on the X, like yeah. I'm in the spot. And, and, and he's like, he's already like, he doesn't, he doesn't waterfowl very much. Mm-hmm. He's more of an upland the guy I went with. And he looks at me and he's just got these dinner plate eyes. He goes, Oh my gosh. And I am too. I'm like, well, just, well, keep your face down. Don't look up, <laughs> you know? And here they come and they circle and they see our boat and they just stay up high and circle and circle Ooh. and circle. And they can't even hear yourself think cause there's. They're just squawking. And I'm just like, oh, I cannot believe I didn't bring anything to cover up that boat. And at the end of the day, we, we came home with our tail behind our legs. And uh, my brother and my dad were sitting watching our hunt from like way away. And they go, you can see that boat from like the road. You, oh, they, uh, yeah, uh, they, they, you guys were you guys were found. Messed up on that one. But maybe another time we can get in there. Maybe and I I even thought like I'm gonna paddle this boat over the other shore and swim back. (laughs) Like I know this boat's gonna be a problem, but nothing. It was bad. It was bad. I felt really, really dumb. But it it was fun to bring out a guy that you don't usually hunt with, and you know, kind of tell stories with him. We actually ended up after that trying to sneak some ducks. And I wanted to talk to you guys about that because a lot of times when, when we three go out, we kind of know how to kind of talk to each other and know what each other's going to do. And I haven't done that with you guys that much this year, like as far as sneaking ducks. I've mm-hmm. only done it alone and I've been pretty successful on it. Mm-hmm. I went with this guy and I just, I got so frustrated because he didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I was like, just do the thing. Just hunt. Yeah. And, he, and he just couldn't. He just, he's sneaky. Yeah. He's sneaky. If I stop moving, it's stop I moving. duck down. And like, don't show your white 
like bright white face. He's he's redhead like you. He's just oh, got yeah, this got like shining <laughs> white glowing of a face, and he's got this beard that hangs down to his chest, but he's still got shining white white face. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, just be sneaky, don't be seen. He and he's a great shot with a shotgun. Like he's a great hunter, but just not used to sneaking yeah. ducks. And like, yeah. and I was like, ah, well. Did you have fun? He goes, oh, I had a great time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. At least you had a <laughs> good time. Kind of funny you brought that up because we were walking today and, and Chris went with me this morning. Um, we, I only really wanted to put on like a couple mile hike. Yeah. We get to the top and sure enough, we're like, we ended up walking like nine miles today. Yeah, we walked a little ways. Walked a little ways. But we on our way back, we were kind of just bullshitting because mm-hmm. we... We hadn't really seen anything. We, we, were, we didn't lose hope. But we didn't we lose hope, but we were just kind of like talking. talking. All of a sudden, we hear like this stick snap. And we both like, on the same instant, mm-hmm. stop. Not another step was taken. And we're both just like... Mm-hmm. And we both had the same exact reaction mm-hmm. to, to like this that hunting mm-hmm. situation. And that's the same kind of thing that happens when we're duck hunting. Mm-hmm. Like if I see... If, if we're talking... And all of a sudden, like, I see someone's build, their hat go, like, like, I do, like, a quick, mm-hmm. like, glance. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, quiet. Like, something's coming. Maybe face yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. I'm, like, okay, what's coming? Like, <laughs> tell me what it is. <laughs> you know? And that just comes from years of hunting and, and even fishing. Like, getting stuck in a boat with a guy mm-hmm. for eight to ten hour days. Like, you get to know what, like, when, when you stick your hand out and you make, like, a motion, he's like, oh, he wants the snippers. <laughs> you, know, like, you don't even have to talk, you know? <laughs> don't even have to ask for me to pull it off my vest. Yes. You nope. just grab it. <laughs> Kinsey's complained a few times because, yeah. and she'll go, how do you guys even know what you're saying? Like, you guys literally don't even talk. You're just, like, grunts and, like, mumbling and, and mumbles. And you, you communicate to where you got you know it's caveman yeah, yeah. caveman we're caveman hey, talk oh, give me uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. beer <laughs> about right <laughs> about right yeah but yeah it was still a fun hunt and like it, I really it made you like I was kind of like really bummed out because I I really wanted to I really wanted to get something that day mm-hmm. but I it made me think like oh. What can I think about that I, that was like fun on this trip? And it made me think like, okay, I didn't get anything, but this part was fun. And mm-hmm. made me think about that mm-hmm. a lot. But I still yeah. like to get something, bring it home, and cook. Yeah, that's always better. Yeah, that's always yeah, better. That's the goal. <laughs> the whole Instagram's not growing if you don't get anything. Nope. Yeah, that's true. I always thought that. Uh, it seems to me, speaking of this, they like scenery pictures. People on Instagram. Yeah, they like. Yeah, they don't like just a. Uh... I take a picture of something. It's like that stinking fishing picture I have on there. It's yeah. like a picture of my hands and me standing in the river. It's a great photo. <laughs> it's but, got more than well, we we don't have a huge account right no, now. No, no, no. But, but it's got a lot of likes it's compared to I put up a picture of like those quail I shot the other weekend and Ah, it's pretty cool. Or whatever. <laughs> People yeah. just pass right nothing, on by. Nothing important. <laughs> What have you been doing? You've been doing a little bit of hunting. A little bit of pheasant Chris, hunting. Yeah? A little bit of pheasant hunting. We shot one pheasant the second weekend, not opening weekend. Yeah. That was pretty good. Hunting some BLM ground. Hunted like two miles, jumped three pheasant up, shot one pheasant, missed the second one. That was pretty good. Well, you've been training Mason on it. Yeah. Been tra- I trained her at your house. Yeah? 
because I shot a pheasant last year and skinned it, and I left her inside your house and dragged the pheasant around, did some different loops, and then sent her out for it, and she'd pick it up every time. So she's slowly getting the hang of it. We should consider going to South Dakota next year for a, like a legit pheasant hunt. Like Just it, pheasant. We're doing okay down here, and you get yeah. one or two opportunities. Yeah. Like if you're not hunting super hard, you know you typically get an opportunity. Yeah. But it sounds like out there, there's like a million plus mm-hmm. birds that are taken. I've yeah, got a friend like... down there right now, mm-hmm. and he sent me a photo that he took on Friday. Yeah, they were hunting with eight eight guys mm-hmm. on uh, some, a private cornfield, mm-hmm. and they shot an eight man limit. What's the limit in South Dakota? Is it? What? It's three. three. It's three. It's three. Wow. And they had those pheasants stacked up in the back of that truck like that, firewood. That's awesome. And, they're, yeah. and the, the, like, how they're shooting down there, it's not like here where you have uh, how, how many shots you can have in your gun. They have magazines on their automatic or semi-automatic shotguns out to the end of the barrel. They got, oh, like, really? ten shots. Really? There's no tube in there? Just do, 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 That's a pheasant? Uh-huh. You don't have to have a shot on it. Nope. So yeah, they got they like I said firewood. I mean, I, I'll show you a picture. It's it's pretty impressive. And over here, you see a guy come home with three pheasants. You're like, oh, nice day. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. You did pretty good today. Now, over there, you come home with like you. I mean, the limit's the same, but like I went out for 20 minutes this morning, got out of the uh, got out of the truck and shot a couple, and then came home for breakfast. <clears throat> yeah, I had all. Day. No, I think it's a little more of a struggle over here for yeah. a pheasant game. We we got day. four was the most we got last year. Yeah. And well, just was, with two people. That was a hard. That was, that was cool. That was a long. But that effort. was the first time we actually. Yeah. We had a guy from work that kind of was showing us the ropes, and so we mm-hmm. would stop, just walk a little bit, a little and then bit. he's like, "Let's go, let's go to the next spot," because he yeah. wanted to kind of show us. Show he, us a lot. He was basically getting out of hunting. And yeah. Hadn't done it for a number of years, and was like, "Okay, I'm gonna show you guys some spots. Share mm-hmm. the knowledge." So yep. we just got the Onyx maps out and just started punching in the waypoints. And and it's helped out, but it, he almost gave us too much information. I know. We haven't done half the spots he gave us in, no. like, two years. It's No, you still have time to deal. No, there's too many spots. If you want to effectively hunt an yep. area, you can't just you pull it through them. You know? yeah. And we're making mistakes, too. You know, yeah. we're, we're hunting a lot of pri- or, uh, public lands, and that first weekend, even... Uh, was it Sunday? We, we went up Sunday and yep. we got into them, um, but they were really flighty, mm-hmm. especially the well, roosters. The, the hens weren't. We jumped. I don't know how yeah. many hens. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's not like we're not getting the pheasants. No. You know, you have hens jumping at your feet yeah. all day. Um, so there's like like a lot of action, but it's not. But there's know. not a lot of shooting. Yeah. You know, because you're like just waiting for that one rooster to slip mm-hmm. up and. Yep. But. Uh, it's definitely it's new for me. Yeah, it's back, new for me. Back home, we kind of had pheasants. There was a a ranch that had pens, and then they'd bring clients in and they'd shoot them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we hunt, we duck hunt at a place that just got the overflow from those. So every once in a while, you'd be walking to get to your duck spot, and you jump a pheasant and blast it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you're blasting a pheasant with like, you know, number two or. Double, double, double BB, double BB, yeah. and you're like left. pick the pheasant up. You're like, ah, hamburger. <laughs> 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 yeah, shoot. Yeah. Well, they still taste good. I think yeah. they're one of the better tasting birds. Yeah. What did yeah, you? Man. What did speaking of taste? What did you make us on Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday. 
these days. You made some kind of jalapeno poppers. I did. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's I. I made that was just almost left. That was leftovers from my my brother's uh, party. I made like a goose pastrami that I had smoked or that I I cured and then I smoked for three hours and then I took it and I I put it in the freezer to get nice and firm. I sliced it like bacon thin because I don't have a deli slicer, and I put that on top of. The, the jalapeno with some cream cheese and put the uh, pastrami on there and put a p- little piece of bacon. And I, what I did at the party was I smoked that part, which was better than what I served you guys. I put that in the oven. But oh, you smoked the whole thing. I smoked oh. the whole thing at 500. For My dad has a, it's what I call a Rectech. And it, uh, it's similar to a Traeger. It's a pellet fit smoker. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just can get higher temperatures. It's kind of a nice one. But uh, they were dang good. Uh, it's one of my, I mean, that pastrami itself was one of the better tasting, like, waterfowls I've ever done. Just because I had this cure. And this, this, uh, this, man, I should have wrote it down. This, this, like, marinating liquid I put on there, I showed it to you it's guys. It's like a liquid smoke, right? Yeah, it kind of mm. has, has a hickory smoke taste in it, but it's also soy sauce and, like, some onion and stuff. I put that in, like, in the wet brine. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that is the way to go. It starts with an A, a leg. It's like Allegro or something like that. Mm-hmm. It is dang good. I'll have to look it up before the end of this. That way I can tell you. But it's it's so good. Mm-hmm. But they were good. You guys mm-hmm. ate yeah. them right up. Oh yeah, yeah and were you were also well. This is wasn't wild game, but Chris had some uh, some ribs. Some ribs. Oh yeah, they yeah. were good too. Were they pork ribs. I think yeah, they were pork, pork ribs. Took them out. Oh, grocery outlet, right? It was Winko. Winko. Oh, Winko. That's they were, where they were cheap on the Traeger. They were pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah man. That Traeger is like the way to go. It just yeah, adds a little nice. bit of just like, it nice. makes something a little bit better. Yeah, they're nice. Like If you don't have one of those, they're worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're expensive. I got mine for free. I got lucky. But <laughs> they are good. Yeah, we were actually planning on doing a podcast that night, but we got distracted with throwing darts in the front porch. And eating ribs and <laughs> eating ribs and, and a new goose call and a new goose call. We yeah. we wore our, our welcome out with a new goose call. Yeah. <laughs> all my neighbors are all opening their doors. I know. <laughs> I don't know outside. what my neighbors think. I've always got some kind of call. I, I I practice on my way to work. I do too. I, I right now it's predator calls. I have my predator calls uh, in my truck. I uh, I was practicing on the way to work. My my girlfriend was outside. She was, I could hear you all the way down the road. I, I just got that this call, and she was like, Will you stop blowing that in the house. <laughs> it's just like my new toy. I love this thing. Zinc call of death. It's, it's pretty cool. I got a new predator call tonight, and I'm on the phone with Bri, and I just can't help but, like, have it. I'm holding it in my hand, and, like, every once in a while, I just, like, gave it a, a, a blow, and... She's like, you gotta stop that. <laughs> I'm like, it's my new toy. Like, you I called that when I was here. That thing sounds yeah, like straight death. Yep. Oh, it's it's money. Yeah, kill some. I'm actually that. getting excited. What is it? Kyle hunting. Um, it's it's by Zeps. It's a predator called Zeps. That thing sounds like death. Yeah, that's nice. It looks like a shotgun shell. It does. It's, it's turned on a CNC, and I think it's like a, it's like a Delrin or. Let's see. I don't think it's acrylic. Probably not. Polycarbonate? Something about plastic. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. It's pretty cool. Oh, did you notice I have the uh, the nice um, framed flies that you gave me? I do, I do. They they look good there. They look good. When I, I like say it. nice, I say the worst <laughs> the worst assortment of 
flies I've ever seen in my life. They're not what they say are. There's a marked no, ground on no, the top left. I think what I'm going to do is actually open this up, retie them there to their correct name. I think it's a better idea. I was like, because that's not the marked ground. This thing, this came off of uh, Amazon. I have this dear friend who's not into uh, fishing and. He just likes, he loves me. He's an awesome guy. And he got, got me that for my birthday. And I saw these things and I just, I had to show these guys because they look, they, They're they not. probably would catch a fish. Like probably. No. Nah. Yeah. I've caught a fish on a cigarette butt. Yeah, you catch fish a fish. probably had an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> these are repellent. Yeah. They, they'd, they would catch fish. It one fish. A somewhere. big fish. These hooks are, I don't know what size they are, but they're yeah, probably one you, on. Okay. I know where I could catch a fish. Give me a big old hunk of like salmon belly. Salmon belly. <laughs> Throw that in the bottom of old uh, Roosevelt. And we'll catch a sturgeon. Yeah, fish. there's you they're like some that. really huge hooks. hooks. Yeah, it's probably one of one of one off. They're huge. Well, and the tip on them is is like I don't know. They're odd. They you could you, these are like halibut uh, halibut hooks for they're big. They're big. <laughs> they're like big bait hooks with flies. They look are... good there. They look yeah. good there. <laughs> well, they have like dry fly names on them. Uh-huh. They're all yeah. streamers. There's a marsh brown there that the top is... Top left is a marsh brown. Yeah, and marsh brown traditionally is like a size 10 what? to yeah, 12. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah. tiny <laughs> and this little. is like a It's like a four-aught. Three of them have like... Or two of them have like horse hair. Or like... Tur- they're like a tur- white turkey beard hanging out. But the frame's really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think I'm going to retie them. That sounds good. That's and good I'm going to put them up there. That sounds good. So, um, and well, our next topic we're going to talk about is, uh, is uh, gun shells, but we could use uh, some of these shells to blast these yes, we could. and get rid of them. <laughs> Seriously. We could. But I, that was a terrible transition or segue into this. But we kind of, you guys have been thinking about this, but yeah. the different shot and shells that you use mm. for either upland Different types of upland, waterfowl, geese, ducks. So, were we gonna just like walk through what we, what, we what our preferences or... are? Yeah, go ahead. You and, start. Um, okay, so Don't basically, know. what what I try to get or what I do is is I, I stay cheap because I mm-hmm. shoot a lot. Yep. Um, and for ducks, I I like BB just because it it'll knock them down pretty good. And then if you get a shot at a goose, that's also a pretty good load for mm-hmm. a goose if you get uh, close enough. Um, number two, and then I don't really shoot four. I don't shoot number four unless I'm shooting uh, at pheasant. But, you know, uh, there you can use lead if you're going to mm-hmm. shoot pheasant. Around here anyways. Yeah. Some places you can't shoot use lead. But I typically use like a number four or a little bigger for pheasant. Um and then geese, I, you know, I've bought like the three and a half inch triple B. I probably killed more geese with double B three yeah. inch than I have anything else. Yeah. Um, so and and you typically three inches a little cheaper. So mm-hmm. that's a go a lot. So basically, I get um, a decent ammo, but I don't go crazy and buy like the. Mm-hmm. I used to, actually no, that's not true. I used to get like the the hypersonic and the black cloud, but the hypersonic they shot. 1700 17, feet per second oh my gosh and that thing was like a dang cannon going off and mm-hmm. it was it was partially my gun was getting warm but it would uh eject my lower shell 
like before. So I would shoot, it would drop one of my shells out and then I'd mm. shoot again and I'd only have two shots. Mm-hmm. I was, I was actually like, most of the time I was hunting in like a wetland and so I'd lose a perfectly good shell every mm, time. That's expensive, especially, you know, you're paying 30 bucks for a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then I went through and cleaned my gun real good and then, um, I actually like filed down the part a little bit that was that holds that in there so it was a little sharper it was getting rounded off and this is this is the different gun than the one i had troubles with yeah with my my uh, nephew um but that's why i switched from that black cloud works really good though mm-hmm. you're knocking stuff down i mean it does but when you're talking we went through a lot of boxes yeah, shells last year so right 25 30 bucks versus 17 13, yeah 13 to 17 15, 15 you know yeah, no, I, I totally yeah. get it. I shoot twos for ducks, double Vs for, for geese. And if they get close enough, I mean, I'll, I'll take a shot with my two, but I always carry the double Vs around. And um, I shoot the black clouds for the geese just to um, snooty. <laughs> I think that they work better for me. I think mm-hmm. they really do. But I just bought some of those heavy metal. BBs. I'm excited. Mm. I mean, I'm excited. I, and I always shoot for waterfowl three and a halfs. They fit in my gun, and I just like them better. And I, I have that Benelli. Mm. It's inertia drive. It doesn't hurt my shoulder. It just, it doesn't mm-hmm. shoots different than mm-hmm. that way. So another thing that I ran into with the three and a halfs is if I, if I don't sight, because I, I shoot a pump. Yeah. And if I don't, I'm not conscious about how far I cycle that pump. Mm-hmm. Short, short stroke it. Yeah, it won't eject that three and a half, and it'll get hung up because when that bullet flares out, it makes it an extra half inch longer. Mm-hmm. So you got to really come back and hit that to get it to fling out. And with the three inch, it just and I actually like shooting two and a half or two and three quarters too. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's I don't know. Yeah, for ducks, two and three quarters is plenty. Well, teach her own. I'm now shooting big old candlesticks because yeah, I need everything I can get. <laughs> all, all the spread, all the BBs you can get. I need everything I can get on those dang things. I mean, yeah. and then this weekend when I was shooting, I shot uh, five shot um, for, I, I, I shot, so I loaded my gun, five shot, and then uh, seven and a half, and then another five shot for uh, for uh, quail and and. and uh, pheasants. pheasants yeah. I like that seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Yep. It just, it I don't know, it worked really good when, I, when we went out. It works mm-hmm. awesome. And, and like, you know, I put the, I put the five in there just in case I ran into a pheasant. I worry, I want to put it down. But if I'm, if I'm gonna take two shots, I'm not really gonna shoot three times after a quail most of the time if you, if you shoot three times it's it's, it's gone yeah <laughs> well and, and to kind of back up we're we're kind of assuming that the, uh, anyone listening to this knows what we're talking about yeah. as far as shot yeah. size mm-hmm. so to be clear uh, a double b or starting with triple b triple you b. can go larger into t shot i used to shoot t shot for but i don't do that anymore i don't think you need to in my opinion it's t shot the next larger okay. size yeah. triple b and then t yeah, T shot's not highest. Okay, so, the so starting highest, T largest to smallest, you'd go T, triple B, double B, two. I think there, there's, there's a one. There's a, there one. a one. There's a one. There's a one. A one is what you. I think I could I've be. Had a box of ones. I could be wrong, but I think. It, and so what we mean, we're. I think we're kind of explaining this uh, poorly uh, because we we know what we're talking about, but when we're saying largest, 
we mean the size of the BBs. Mm-hmm. And so the, the larger the BB is, the less you're going to have in your shot. Yep. And so the smaller the BB, the more you're going to have in your shot. And that's mm-hmm. why you're using, for a goose, you don't necessarily need a ton of shots. Mm-hmm. You just need some large knockdown power. Mm-hmm. Compared to what you would need on a grouse or, or quail. a pheasant or but, you know, getting smaller game quail. They're, they're moving fast on a cross shot and they get knocked down easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus you're not going to tear the bird up though. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Um, so now that that's kind of covered. And then when we're saying like two and three quarter, three inch, three and a half inch. Yeah. Those are your standard shell lengths mm-hmm. for a 12 gauge. And I don't know if they gauge. do it for tw- three and a half or 20 gauge, but mm-hmm. I know they definitely oh. do three and two and three quarter. Yeah. I don't know if they have three and a half or I'm 20 never, gauge. Actually, I doubt it. Would it make sense? Just go to a 12 gauge. If yeah. <laughs> I doubt. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so we kind of got that covered mm-hmm. and then we, we talked a little bit about like the, there's a bunch of different types of shot and then mm-hmm. the technology on shot is just evolving mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. So, and chokes. Well, yeah, chokes have to allow that. I don't, yeah. I typically, I typically stick with a full choke and I know you can switch them up and you can get mm-hmm. uh, a modified and all this different stuff. But what it really comes down to is just shooting the crap out of your gun and knowing where you have to aim to, to hit these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of adjust for that with more or less what I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. So I don't change my choke out when I go up on or up on hunting. Mm-hmm. I just change my shot. So I know. If you I know. Talk, if you talk to like an upland hunter and that's like what they do, and they're shooting, they're shooting over and under. They have a, just improved, an improved cylinder. Improved cylinder on top, and then like modify on the bottom. That's what I do. I don't know if that's how and you do it. and they put the first shot. So you can switch. You, there's a selector that you can yep. switch to which which one comes out first. But their first shot is the closest. Is one. the closest one. So that's yep. that that way that one you're shooting the seven and a half. The game mm-hmm. load is seven and a half, and the second one is the the the, uh, the five shot. So, like, that's what they're... I think you can get really technical with it and get into that stuff. Mm -hmm. But for for me, that guy might dust me on the range. You know, Mm -hmm. get get the shooting clay pigeons next to that guy, and he might sit there and and go 25 for 25 all the time. And um, I I typically don't shoot that well on the range. Mm Mm-hmm. But I feel like I knocked down a lot of birds during the year. Yep. And it's because I shoot my gun a lot at game, and I've mm. hunted game a lot. And where when those birds jump up, I take the time and I put the bead on and I make the right shot, and it doesn't fluster me. Where so if a guy's got the right choke, the right shot, the right bullet, whatever it is, if he if he pulls up and blasts that trigger, and I because I've done that, you know, starting out hunting, and I you know I still do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. You, you know that first jump of the day, you're you're like you've been thinking about it all night. Oh, well, it goes right into your elbow. Yep. Your gun, your gun butt goes right into your elbow. Yeah, that's what I, do. I almost on the first jump of the day, I almost always miss my first shot, and then I relax. I get on the bird and I hit my next two shots. Typically on a decent jump, mm-hmm. you know, there's sometimes I'll go three for three, mm-hmm. but that's that has nothing to do with what you're shooting. It doesn't matter if I had the right choke or no. or who who's ever preference. So yep. I think. Your success rate, a lot of it is just doing it with the equipment as many times as you can. 
Yeah. And I think it crosses over to anything too, just mm -hmm. like fishing. Yep. You know, you can go buy G Loomis and all these very sensitive, you know, rods, but the guy that knows his equipment and how it reacts to that bite mm -hmm. is going to be way more, have way higher hook ratio than the guy that just steps out of his office and, and goes and fishes and doesn't do it as much. Mm -hmm. That's my argument towards mm -hmm. it. It's like, if you, if you're, if you're doing it so much that you actually see the difference, then yeah, change up and mm -hmm. do it. But most people aren't going to even know the difference. Yep. I think, I mean, nah, I don't, <laughs> and I'm sure if, if people that are really into it, hear this, they're going to blow up. And, oh, for sure. I mean, I'm thinking, I read all about this stuff all the time. Yeah. So I like, to, I try to like do what they say. And if it doesn't work for me, I'll go on to something else. Do it. Somebody but those else guys do. are trying to make a living. Yeah, yeah, selling you articles. Yeah, that's true. No, but I read them. <laughs> <laughs> they sell you. So they got me. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's just like your gear. I mean, everyone used to hunt in blue jeans. Now you have to buy $500 sick of pants. Yeah. Not to, not to like. Not yet. They're pretty awesome. They're, they're awesome, awesome pants. They're awesome. But it's like. But why, would, why would you want to be wet? Stay dry. Buy expensive gear. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If it's the difference between getting to go out a little more, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. if you don't have putting I mean, that bowl on my wall versus having a nice cunt. Because if you get, if you're efficient and you get the shit done, you don't yeah. have to go out and get wet. You can go home, your have coffee, yep. your logic your is sound, and go clean up, clean your gear. <laughs> your logic is sound for sure. <laughs> or buy expensive stuff and don't tell your girlfriend how much it costs. Yeah, yeah, that's a little, <laughs> I'm a little bit of both. I agree. I think I'm gonna argue with you. I think it matters on for fly line and that kind of stuff. It matters on you know mm. if you're buying fluorocarbon or nylon for it being sinking and like fluorocarbon sinks a little bit, nylon stays like floating. I think that definitely matters. I think the only time it matters is when you're salmon fishing. Other than that, it doesn't matter. That's what I think. I think Every edge counts. <laughs> I don't know. The The reason why I think we get into the, trying to... Is, is you, we're, what we're doing is we're trying to eliminate as many variables as possible. Because yes, there's exactly. an infinite amount of variables. So mm -hmm. it's like the guys that don't allow fried chicken on their boats. Because yeah. they say it gets on the line, saying to smell that, they don't like it. It's why... You know, guys will wash their hunting clothes mm -hmm. in special, so put it in Ziploc bags, put that inside of a plastic tote. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, sometimes you step out of your truck and the guy next to you is smoking a cigarette has one in the back of his truck and has been, you know, mm -hmm. eating yep. bacon and doing whatever. But it's just those variables that you try to control. Mm -hmm. And it, de it depends how nitty-gritty you want to get with that, you know. I've seen your fishing tackle box. There's all kinds of stuff in there. Oh, You're sure. buying everything for no, salmon. No, I'm a, a fisherman is the easiest person to sell something to. Yeah. I, yeah. You <laughs> just tell them it caught fish at one point. You don't yeah. even have to like yeah. prove it. You just say, "Oh yeah, I caught fish with this." It's like, give me so, four. So I'm gonna buy the whole rack. That way, nobody else has a chance to buy them. Exactly. That guy sold us on those crawdads and that. Kind of but there are those days that it it throws that logic out the window because it's like yeah. I just did the same exact thing the next the, day this whole week and today I can't keep them off my hook. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, it's there. Well, there's variables you can't account for yep. the temperature and the way the sun's hitting the water and I mean the fish's mood that day. 
Or the amount of time you actually get to go out because you work a nine to five mm-hmm. for five days a week. So it's like if you know awesome. the light's not on, you're still gonna go grind it still out. Still gonna go fishing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then maybe stop at home and buy some fish. <laughs> My whole point to that is get out there, Love know your it. gear to a T before you start getting too technical. Yep. Just go out and do it. Or buy a fancy shotgun. Or just go buy a fancy <laughs> shotgun. Or go all out and buy all the stuff. I've, I've been that guy too, though. I remember going down to uh, the Clearwater for the first time. And oh, we were yeah. going to do this big steelhead trip. We, we, Chris and I have been <laughs> researching how to fish steelhead this whole time. And, and I, I got a really nice fishing vest for a gift. And when I get a nice gift, I like to use it because I feel guilty if it sits in my closet. So I put this really nice, it's a fly fishing vest for one. We're bait fishing off the shore. Yeah. And we're bobber fishing, actually. Yep. So we got this bobber set up. With, and I go, to, I go to cast this thing and it lands at my feet. <laughs> I'm just like. With the vest does? No. Oh, sorry. So oh. I go to cast my, my rig. Oh. With a bobber and and I have a big old thing of mm-hmm. eggs on there or shrimp. Yeah. I got coon, it's coon shrimp. Coon shrimp. And I didn't have enough weight mm. to be able to <laughs> cast. And I go, and my bait goes flying off, and the bobber goes bloop. Grab <laughs> the feet, and I and I have like, I didn't have waders on, but I had uh, rubber boots, and I had uh, I don't know, I had waders on. I don't know, but I'm sure I just looked like this. Newbie greenhorn. Newbie greenhorn. Like, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think it was that experience that said, okay, the guy that's sitting here, that's what it was. I was actually in waders, I think. And the guy sitting next to me that just had like a pair of uh, rubber boots on, Mm -hmm. a five-gallon bucket, he like pulled three or four fish out. Yeah, Yeah, but that guy's been on that same spot. For 15 years, probably. Exactly. The same exact way. That same rock. That same day. Like, you know, he just knows when the fish are going to be there. And you don't know when the fish are going to be there. So you're just I know, testing that's what I'm it. saying. At that point, it doesn't matter what the heck I'm yeah. throwing at it. Yeah, it, Unless you're going to put the time that that guy did to put in, you know, to get there. You, yeah, I don't know. You're spending your money on stuff. To Go over there and offer him a sandwich and ask him yeah, so can what I, he's can I, doing. Can I at least net this for you? <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture with Seriously. it? Seriously. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, speaking of, what, what we got um, a free weekend coming up? Two weekends. Are we wanting to do a steelhead trip, or are we want to do a duck hunt trip? What weekend? Uh, not weeks. this one, but the following. Do you have that weekend? We talked about it. You said we we're gonna do something. Let's do it. I, don't I think we a go to fishing on the Grand Round, or b go duck hunt somewhere. We'll talk about it later. I, I mean, I'd, I'd do either. Yeah. Not to distract us from the podcast, but yeah, that's... I'd do either. I'd do either. We need to do that. Yep. I want to talk about my hunt this weekend with quail. Oh, yeah. So, at, out of all these stories, the most successful hunt was Andrew's. This I mean, weekend, you, you did get a rooster. I get one rooster. But I, mine were fails. Yeah. For the most part. I, it was really good to go out and, like, scout. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Get, you, you got to get a good lay of the new new, yeah. new hunt property for you. Yeah, and King of the Hill, though, for the, the last two weeks is yeah. definitely... So Andrew's got Andrew's. this. I went out with uh, my uncle and my brother and my cousin, and we went quail hunting. Um, and it was so much fun. I hadn't been hunting with my uncle in quite, uh, quite a while, 
and he's he goes out every weekend and he's a he's a grumpy cuss and but he he's a great hunter he's like he goes out all the time and it doesn't matter if he's going with somebody or he's just going with himself and his dog he doesn't care he's just gonna go and he goes out every weekend whether his wife's going to church and he doesn't he's not going or you know he's got the only weekend he didn't go hunting was my it was last weekend not this last weekend but the weekend before for my brother's my brother's party and he was like oh I should have gone hunting this morning but we went out with him and he has a uh, German wire pointer and he kind of gives us kind of lay of land we're going out there and kind of some of the things because he knows I work with my dog quite a bit and he and I didn't bring my dog because I didn't want to mess up his hunt because he. Would have been grumpy with me. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't want to bring my dog out running around, spooking all the, spooking all the grouse or not the grouse, but the quail up. But so he left her at home. But that dog, man, I have never hunted behind a pointing dog. It is one of the coolest experiences I've ever right. had hunting. It it wasn't as cool as watching ducks come in cupped up and feet down, mm-hmm. but it was, it was pretty awesome. We're going and that dog stops like something you know somebody just grabbed its heart and stopped it and it's shaking mm-hmm. and he goes oh she's on a point get behind her and he, hunt him up and she just bolts right in and really? boom 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 oh, that'd be cool. it was incredible it was so cool i don't know if i'd get a german wire pointer because they that dog really chewed up really chewed up the birds but oh, really? I've heard that they're kind of tough to. They're, kind of they're hunters. I mean, they're yeah, like, they're yeah. hunting dogs. Yeah, they're. But it was it was pretty amazing getting behind this dog, and he's trained her. He's worked with her. It's a, she's a polished dog, mm-hmm. except she chews up the breast of the bird. But yeah, goes for the best part. <laughs> Why can't you just do a tail feather? But it was pretty amazing. I I this uh, this one came up. It's a really fast cross shot. I know most days I'm not the best shot, but this day I was on point. I was doing really good. I was putting the birds down. And cross shot night, I go, oh, that one's crippled. And he goes, oh, that'll be a hard one to find because his dog will point where a crippled bird has been and doesn't always track it down, kind of how a lab will do. Oh. Mm. But we found this bird swimming in the water away from us because we were fishing this upland area that was next to a lake. And this, this little quail was out swimming in the water, and she went out and... <laughs> Really chomped down on her, brought it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, other than that, though, it, she was an amazing dog. Cool. Um, at the end of the day, I ended up bringing back a, a whole limit of quail, and everybody else got quail. It was awesome. It was awesome. And it was really fun hunting with my brother and hunting with my uncle and my cousin. Everybody was having a good time. And But the one thing I did want to say, we were hunting four people over one dog. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of trust there. Four, mm-hmm. like you're hunting pretty close yeah. to the dog. You got a line. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bit of trust. Like there's, yeah. there's the, yeah, I know your limits. the bird will flush up, and then you're aiming. You're like, oh, I'm not gonna aim at my cousin. And so he like, and he's aiming right at you. Like, oh, nope, I'm not gonna aim at him. So you gotta wait. There's a bit of trust there, and it's it's kind of it was interesting to like be like, oh, okay, let's go out and be with it. And it was mm-hmm. it was it was really kind of it was a lot of fun to go out with those guys and go out to some of my uncle's properties, and he's like. Don't bring your friends here. <laughs> well, we're yeah. going there. Next like, Didn't you say you already had that spot? Yeah, I did, and I, I told him that, and he goes, oh, "These new apps showing everywhere to everybody where to go hunting." And then you brought up the point 
just because you might know that you can hunt that area doesn't mean you know how to hunt it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was a great hunt. It was a really fun one. And got got a whole bunch of quail, which I hadn't gotten any all year because I hadn't gone for them. But I think that 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 I think I I like to bird hunt. I don't know if I'll ever really get into big game because I think mm. I think duck hunting and upland is going to be my thing. Yeah, that's good. What's the limit on quail again? Eight. Is it eight? I thought it was ten. Eight. Uh, I think it's eight. That's what I thought. Oh, I don't know. I shot eight. You shot eight. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> Call that a limit. Yeah. But everybody got everybody got quail. I that's mean, pretty cool. And those birds are little and fast. They're good though. They are mm. delicious. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, we brought him home, sliced him up, made a delicious. He calls it almond pheasant, and it's it's a pretty intense recipe, but we we might share it later on. Yeah, so that that's kind of news that we're gonna start posting recipes on a uh, page of the website. So if you are listening to this, you already know where to go to get to the website. Um, do you? What's your what's your one coming up, or what are you gonna post first? I think. I think I'm gonna do a, a, an easy recipe. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that I I like something that like a it's not doesn't have the best like just a put on the barbecue kind of the thing to taste the the uh, uh, legs of a turkey turkey legs they are really stringy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a soup with those, mm. and I, I think that's gonna be my first one that we put on there. So from last year, uh, I got involved in a, a goose shoot. And we limited it out. Uh, I think it was two days with three guys, and no one wanted to keep the legs, so I kept all the legs. But I saw I have, this, uh, which is what made me think about this. Bunch. I have a bunch of goose legs, and so I, I might have to try that recipe with goose because I got to find a way to cook them. I try to just put them on the barbecue, and no, it's just too stringy. Uh, we'll talk about it later, but I got a recipe for it. Okay. Perfect. Okay. But yeah, and the other thing. Before we got into too many things or uh, past this, that dog, we walked we walked just under six miles, and my uncle has a GPS on his dog. She did thirty miles. Oh yeah, um, we talked about this, which so, is pretty incredible. So to kind of segue wow. into what we're going to be talking about with one of our good friends in a, in a future podcast, mm-hmm. um, I've been tracking my hikes. You tracked your hikes, mm-hmm. and that dog had a track collar on her. That's cool. And our friend taylor that you guys know from if you've listened to previous podcasts mm-hmm. uh he's kind of a, an expert in exercise physiology mm-hmm. so he's gonna look at the hikes that we've been doing and either kind of break them down to tell us what we could be doing to improve our athletic performance while being a sportsman because there's kind of this debate where it's hunting's not really a sport so we're kind of keeping track of what we're doing, and we're going to go through this, and we're not sure where it's going to take us, but... It's going to be a good um, experiment. It's going to be kind yeah. of a cool uh, thing for us to see where our you know, our physical um, limitations are and where we can improve. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, going back to what you just said, that I thought that was very interesting, because last year, we would go out, and mm-hmm. it's like Mason mm-hmm. was putting on killer miles she has to. she'd be running up and down and back yeah. and forth and it was just like that dog mm-hmm. and i was kind of curious to see how many more miles she That's... was running compared to us and maybe last mm-hmm. year she she might have been more than what this dog is i wasn't out with mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. doing this but so you, it basically was it was for every one mile that you walked that dog put on five yeah pretty much 
Jeez. It was pretty incredible. And you're probably just walking a straight we, line, yeah. pretty good. And I mean, you weren't. And slowly. Yeah. I mean, we weren't like bucking it. Mm, we were wow. just like slowly doing this and that. And you know, when you get home, mm. that dog is. Yep. In their bed. Yeah. And that dog was passed out too. That dog was passed out too. Like, and my uncle, he 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 said it to us before he came in. He said, "I got any water?" And I said, "Yeah, I always bring water." He goes, "Very hey, good, because we're gonna have to give my you're gonna have to give my dog some water." because like, <laughs> yeah. he had a water bottle and he's like she's gonna drink this one you're gonna give her some yours I said, yeah well yeah that's how it goes i guess but there's a lake right there so i don't understand what yeah. you're saying that's funny but yeah it was pretty cool i think uh i definitely think someday when i'm ready again i'm gonna get a like maybe a versatile dog that i can uh do upland with and have a pointer it's, it's on my bucket list. Oh yeah, Alex. I, I told him he's got to get his other dog trained first. I, I'm going. To, I'm going. To, I'm going. To, get that Alex get the pointer. I want one too. Bry's like itching to get a dog and go. a house and move. So lots of things. Lots of things. Yeah, happening. you got a lot of things coming. Up. <laughs> so a, a dog might be in the, the near future. Mm-hmm. I just am a little worried that. I'm not going to have enough time to really train um, an upland dog. I've heard they're a little bit more work than mm-hmm. a duck dog. You can, always, you can always have somebody train it part way for you and for you to get in there. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, if I didn't, I was thinking about doing that this summer, but I ended up thinking, okay, I can do this, mm-hmm. train my dog. But if I would have had trouble doing it, I definitely would have paid somebody to help me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt I would have paid somebody to Train her on this Just part. get her past that curve. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I still might, you know, just because I want I want a polished dog. That's something I, I really yeah. want. My I, mm-hmm. Rather than a sports car, I want a polished on dog. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I have that too. And a fancy shotgun. Oh, I was, was going to ask you. Uh, so you, you went out with your brother, mm-hmm. and last time I talked to him, we, we, we met Jesse... Yeah, Jess. Um, or is it Jess? It's just, it's just Jess. Just yeah, Jess. Jess. Um, and he got a new over under. Mm-hmm. But he thought that was too heavy for him. That's a little heavy. He, he did, said he, something. It's 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 a uh, so it's called a it's sport it's called a sporting gun. So I think if I'm not mistaken, I mean it's good for everything. But I think that it's more for sporting clays. Mm. That heaviness lets you like reach yeah. up really fast and like put it in. The other thing that he didn't like about it, he thought the length of the pole was a little long for him too. So he's gonna do a little little shaving off on the buttstock, which is like makes me cringe a little bit. Yeah. It's a really nice shotgun, but if it doesn't shoot the way you want, I mean it's never gonna shoot the way you want. You need mm. to change it. Yeah. So also with the weight and I have never shot competition uh, trap or ski. Mm-hmm. But the I mean the follow through is kind of a big deal too, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So do you think that I think that extra weight kinda it forces you during your swing to continue it does yes but that's also you know a lot of those really fancy sporting guns and clay guns they have like 30 inch barrels to help with that swing oh oh, wow yeah but i mean you don't want you don't want to take that you'd be hitting your friend in the chin (laughs) (laughs) yeah i hung with a 26 inch barrel and i bought that just because i don't know why i bought it in high school yeah yeah I, I don't know if I really have seen much of a difference between that I think and 28. Right? You shoot great. Yeah, you're you're a great shot. I need a little help. <laughs> I think mine's a 28. Yours is a 28, too. Mine's it? 28, mine's yeah. Mine's 28. My, my uncle, he he likes 
old fancy shotguns. He's got some Greeners and some Parker Brothers. Yeah. And he shoots 16s, 28s. Like, he really gets into it. And I bring out my Benelli, which I bring out for everything. Yep. And he's like, bring out your goose gun, quail hunting. And I was like, yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I got. You bring out what you have, I guess. Yep. Well, and, and that's that goes the whole point. Yeah, like, yeah you're, you're, right. you're more comfortable with that gun. Why? And you want to impress your your shooting abilities to your uncle. Uh-huh. So you might as well use what you I bring out a gun that you don't shoot. Yep. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh. I did I did not leave there. He actually was like, I got a better shot than I remember. And I was like, oh, oh yes. <laughs> 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 I put down the most that day. I was like, I probably was like dreaming about it the night before and psyching myself up and I, I knew I I knew that if I missed that first quail that I was gonna be like I suck at hunting all day long. <laughs> so I ended up shooting that one, I was like, I'm gonna be good all day. <laughs> well, I don't think we realize it too, but this group that we have when we're hunting together, we kinda of push each other. Oh yeah, we definitely do. Oh, yeah. There's always and not that it's it's not like a direct one to one like i'm not gonna say hey andrew you're shooting like shit like mm-hmm. you know you're shooting like shit that day yeah. and you don't really have to not and so for me just to keep my mouth quiet and just keep drilling birds mm-hmm. and not that i do that every i have my off days yeah, too yeah. but like it's like you know i know <laughs> i know andrew's sitting there going but that doesn't mean you're not gonna say it either (laughs) or chris is gonna pipe up but i'll probably wait to the end of the hunt (laughs) might as well use that as a paddle andrew yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, that's funny um so to kind of wrap things up we're we're just over an hour now so uh any concluders or last things we want to say before we get off Hmm. Elk season's over. Elk I don't season's have to go over. walk my ass off anymore. Just, I, just birds now. I want to get into some more upland, and I definitely now it's getting colder. It's been really light on ducks yep. around here. Yeah, saw some fishing reports leaving the store today. I'm like, <sighs> keep oh, focused man. on the birds. Yeah, yeah. for now. Now for that, that it's getting a little colder, I'm really hoping that we're going to be able to get into some ducks. I mean, last year. Yeah. Last year we were shooting limits on like every weekend. Yep. This year you're like, oh yeah, I got like we saw some ducks across the lake, like yeah. two of them. And you're like, ah, oh, only if we were over <laughs> yeah. there, not even responding to a call. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I think this next weekend's gonna be my brother. My brother, speaking of this, he lives on a lake. He mm. said the the ducks that live there, they left. That mm. means the northerns are coming. I think that means good things are coming our way. It was a little chill this weekend. Yep. Up on the mountain. Had was. some had some frost in town. Had some frost out of town. Chris's mm-hmm. mustache had some frost in his Oh morning. yeah. But things morning. getting thick. Hey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's November too. So oh yeah, see. Keep those things growing yep. up. Yep, it's going. I like That's it. Fun. Well, we'll get into fishing when it comes around. When it comes around. I'm sure we'll go. Before then, but I really wanted to shoot some ducks. Yep, I'm gonna uh, focus I, on ducks yeah, next week. I need weekend. to get my duck stamp. <laughs> I have it from Montana. I have my yeah, duck I know, stamp. I know you I just do. don't have my Washington stuff yet. But I get to go um, try to squirrel hunt this weekend. Oh, oh my gosh! Weekend. And you'll you'll get it. You're gonna talk about that on the podcast, right? Yeah, I probably will. I want to. 
interview or be with a couple of buddies down yeah. there that live uh, in Omaha right now. A couple of North Idaho guys that just happen to be in Omaha together, mm-hmm. and they've been doing carp fishing, mm-hmm. um, bow fishing, or just no fishing, fly rods. Oh, cool! And so it's like they're like, there's a small, very small community of fly fishermen down in Nebraska, especially the Omaha area. Mm-hmm. So they're actually catching like really big carp on fly rods, and then just really tiny flies. I don't know. Probably using bread. I think they're Where's using. That? Or, uh, yeah, my, or something. my my dad used to catch oh, carp no. on what he tied it looked like a piece of um, cottonwood fuzz. Yeah. And he'd toss that on top, yeah. and then come up and... Whoop. I think he, he might have been using, like, a sand one worm. Oh, okay. Oh, that worked, too. Is what they were using. But they got some good stories about it, because when you're in a new area, and you're, you're figuring out the woods and the different obstacles you run into, mm-hmm. so here we kind of... What we wear out, out to do these, you know, mm-hmm. hunts we protect ourselves unknowingly from the environment that's out there. Well, you go to a completely different area. Oh, yeah. And you're like, you're doing the same thing you do back up here, but all of a sudden the water temperature is a big difference. And when you get weighed in that water and what is in that water mm-hmm. and yeah. things like that. So. so are you bringing a little Rimfire 22 I up there? That's what yeah. I'm going to take down there. So I'm taking that, um, and I'm also going to take my eight-weight fly rod just in case we get to go carp fishing. Which I'm leaning towards the squirrel hunting because I have never done. And I've really, I've never caught a carp either. No. That's something I can do here. Mm-hmm. I speared a couple. Yeah, I mean, I've I, shot or I've shot a couple, yeah. but that the the squirrel hunting for me seems like it, that would be a blast. You shot a couple with your boat. Carp. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, next time, next podcast, we're gonna hear about it. We're going to hear about the old squirrel venture. Yep. That'll Actually, that'll probably be three podcasts from now. we got a couple yep. things coming up. So, yep. um, anyways, wrapping it up. Thanks for tuning in, um, and we'll catch you from another cast in the blind. I hope you enjoyed another episode of Blindcast. If you haven't already, you can follow us on Instagram at Blindcast1. Again, that's Blindcast1 on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and hope you tune in next time for another cast from the blind.